Sorry, I'm on Jags are my second team now. Um, and they're both getting good. They're, I think we're going to have a, a good season for both of them. But anyway, I was listening to the coach, and, and this uh, end of this past week was the last of our what are called off-season OTAs. It's just like off-season training activities where they get together and go through you know, practice in shorts and a t-shirt. And so they've got about six to eight weeks off. And he said, what do you want your players to be doing during this time? He said, I want them to, to rest, and I want them to be in their playbook. I want them to rest and be in their playbook. And for me in my own life, that kind of hit me because I'm like, you know, I, I'm kind of, the next six weeks, you're going to slow down a little bit for me. And maybe it is for you too. If summer happens and maybe you're not quite as busy, maybe not, maybe you're very busy. Um, but I pray that just like the, the, the football players are going to get in their playbook in the next six weeks, I pray that you'll just make a dedicated effort to be in the playbook over the next six weeks. How are you, you going to enforce and, and keep the rules? How are you going to live out the play if you don't know the playbook, if you don't know God's commands? And, and, and some of us teach, and some of us think we can kind of live ignorant, and, and we'll take ignorance as an excuse. So, uh, and that sometimes that's a fear of why we don't open God's word is because we know it's going to challenge us, Right? That's like a person saying, I'm not going to go to the gym because I know it's going to be hard, right? I'm not going to go get in shape because I know I'll probably sweat some and I might throw up, right? It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It's a bad excuse. Anytime we put excuses out there, we're basically accepting and we're lowering our expectations. We're saying we're okay with that. Don't lower your expectations. Raise them to the highest standard of God's word. Don't make excuses for how you want things your way, fall under God's command and his authority, and let's know the playbook. So that's my challenge to you, is live it like an athlete. Uh, verse 6 and 7, and, and we're, we're wrapping up here. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Um, this one was a little bit tough for me. I was like, God, what is, what's this saying? Help, help me see what this is saying. We, down in Guatemala, we had this great experience. We got to, to go see a coffee farm, which was really cool. I'd never seen coffee grow on, on trees and like little, these little, I was blown away. And um, we, we actually went to this kind of family um, coffee farm after we went to and did this big tour, this big factory, um, big farm. We went to this guy who just had two acres. And his name was Don Filiberto. In fact, next week you'll get to sample some of Don Filiberto's beans off the Guatemalan volcano, which is pretty epic. So we'll have that next week for you to, to try and enjoy. Um, Don Filiberto is 65 years old, and he's been in the, this coffee business for 35, 36 years. And he, twice a day, he climbs 2,000 meters halfway up Volcán de Agua, which is a volcano, it's inactive. And he climbs up there and he works and tills his coffee bean farm and corn um, fields. And I was just thinking, we were exhausted. I'm still sore three or four days later of walking and hiking up there. Bro's 65 years old and hiking up it twice a day like a champ and like ready. He's just slowing down because of us. You know, he's just waiting on us. We're huffing and puffing because the altitude. 65 years old, just going at it. And I was just praying, God, like what? you know, what are you trying to say here? The farmer gets the first, uh, gets, is the first to receive a share of the crops. Um, I tell people all the time when we set out on this journey, when people ask me, you guys, some of you are tired of hearing this because I say it all the time. Um, 
because I, I planned everything out, and, and I, I was working hard to do this, and, and I planned all kinds of different things about what God was going to do in the life of our church, and what I believe he had called us, and the vision he'd given us. The one thing I did not calculate, and I did not plan on, which is what God was going to do in me. And I tell every, every person, that's the best part. No offense. But how God has shaped me and transformed me on these past four years since we moved to Jacksonville is the best part. I've loved watching God do incredible things in the life of our church and through our church and in your life, but nothing, nothing touches what God has done and revived in my spirit and, and called me into in my walk with him. Nothing, nothing calculates that. I think that's what this text is basically saying, that when we become more than hearers of the word, but we become doers of the word, the hard work that a farmer gets, he gets to pull the avocado off the tree and he gets to eat the guac. Like we sat up under this avocado tree and ate fresh guac. It was incredible. When those coffee beans come down, nobody's getting it more fresh off the crop than he is. When we put forth the hard work and we're patient, no one reaps more than we do. No one reaps more than what we do. And, uh, <laughs> it, and that's, a, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because for a God who is jealous and who wants us to be about his business, it is just this overflow like that pump, all this hard work, and who's going to get the most you know, uh, activity from that? Who's going to get the best benefit from that is the people who dug it out and are living right by that water. They were willing to, to plow the fields and, and to pump that well. And I, I know across this room, I mean, you can throw it up there, the, you know, be faithful like a hardworking farmer. Be faithful like a hardworking farmer. Put the hard work. Don't just be a hearer of the word after you submit to his authority and begin to know his commands, what he's asking. Do, do it. Do it. Like, don't, don't back talk, right? Like my son does. And like I was a really good back talker as a really big smart aleck. We shouldn't be like that with God. We can trust him. He's in charge. We wouldn't do that if we were in the military. Like we would be running laps or whatever. If we were on a team, we'd be running laps. One of the things in Guatemala that blew me away, there's a dry season and there's a, a, a rainy season. And it's not like our dry season or rainy season, like where it rains some during the winter. It doesn't rain for six months, and then it rains for six months. Like, that's a dry season, that's a wet season. It doesn't rain, and then it rains every day. And I was just asking, I'm like, man, how do you, how do you live through that dry season? Um, how, do you, how do you make it? I mean, do you just have to store up and trust God? He's like, yeah, absolutely. You just have to store up and trust God. Um, that the rainy season will be enough. And we have to be patient. So faithfulness is, it's not going by what you see. It's just doing the, the next step. It's, it's being faithful with the steps that's right in front of you. It's applying faith when it doesn't make sense. It's continuing to apply that. Even in that six months, we're like, it still hasn't rained. I've been working for three months. It still hasn't rained yet. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been four months. God, what's the deal? You giving out on me? Did I do something wrong? No, just be faithful. Just be faithful. Rainy season's coming. Just be faithful. Just continue to work the field. Just continue to be a doer of the word because the rainy season's coming. Be patient like a hardworking farmer and know that he's going to, to bring the rain in his time. I guess my last challenge is pretty simple. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Submit to God's authority. Read God's word, <laughs> know what he's asking us to do, and be, be a doer. I don't know if that's like the simplest message you've ever heard. It's pretty simple, though. Be under authority, obey his commands, and, and walk it out.
It's pretty simple. I want to end at the very, towards the end of this chapter, um, and we're going to have prayer over all the men in the room, so just prepare yourself if you need to slip out and use the bathroom so you don't feel awkward coming up here. You can do that now. That was a joke, guys. That was a joke. My jokes are super subtle. I mean, really subtle. Uh, Verse 19 says this. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. I think one of the deepest longings for men and women alike, particularly for men and fathers, is to put our hands to something and feel like we're making a difference and doing good. I see some of the deepest depression in men who don't have jobs. I don't have anything to put their hands to. I see some of the deepest depression in that. And I feel like they're, they're getting anything out of it. I, I really just want to just end to our men with just a quick, quick moment of encouragement about holiness. And, and this is in that same chapter. It's a little bit different from earlier, but I just want to end with this. And I want you to notice what verse 21 says. Verse 21 says, those who cleanse themselves... from the latter will be instruments for special purposes. We live in a generation where boys will be boys and men will be men. And we've accepted that it's okay. We've lowered our expectations, ladies. We've lowered our expectations for men. And I'm telling you to stop it. Stop lowering your expectations because that's all they're ever going to do. Every time we lower our expectations, that lid gets lower and lower, and that's all we're going to get. Don't lower your expectations. Men, we've lowered our expectations because people have kind of fed this. Boys will be boys. Men will be men. He's going to play around with porn. He's going to play around with other girls. He's going to look at other girls' butts. I'm just telling you, like, boys will be boys. God's calling us to holiness. And throw off that next slide. Sometimes we get confused about this because we're not a works-based gospel. Because it's about God doing it in us. He plants that, that seed. Holiness of the heart is what God does. He plants it inside of us, and he causes it to grow. Anything growth, he's doing it. He's watering it. Holiness of the mind is what God does with us, right? Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Romans 12.1. Read it over and over, guys. Renewing of the mind. If you've been soaked in, in bad environments where it, it, it's all, if you've been exposed to porn at a very early age, renew your mind. If you've been allowing yourself, you've been lowering your standards of what's acceptable in your life, Life, renew your mind. But holiness in our actions is what we do. Those who cleanse themselves. That means we need to get to a place where we'll be like, I, I, I gotta wash my hands. Right? I gotta, I gotta come to the Lord and be like, God, forgive me. That's not okay. I've been acting like it's okay, but it's not okay. We gotta draw some lines in the sand, fellas, of what is acceptable, and it only comes by falling under his authority, knowing what he's calling us to, and obeying, okay? And so I'm not gonna get into this real legalistic message. Holiness is not legalism. 
because he calls us to be doers of the word and have a pure mind and a pure heart, that's not legalism. That's just doing what he asks us to do, okay? But I'm not going to go in here and just call all, all these things out. But you know, you know in your heart, you know his word. If you don't dig into it, if you don't have someone coming alongside you, reach out to someone soon and say, man, I, I'm, I, need, I need to make some steps. I need somebody to come alongside me. Um, and let's do that together. Um, God plants that seed. But our kids and the generations, and, and the generation, it doesn't become fruit until we work the field, until we become doers, until we become faithful, until that tree becomes mature by us living it out. There becomes the fruit of the Spirit as we submit to God and allow that fruit to flourish. Are you guys with me? And then there becomes fruit for our kids to grab on, and they understand love because we've been faithful, even when it was uncomfortable, even when we didn't have the words to say, we've been faithful with it. And then there's fruit of peace for my son to grab on. Even when he saw his dad raise his voice at mom, he also saw his dad come back and say, son, what daddy did is not okay. That's not how a man treats a woman. He saw me ask for forgiveness. When I, when I raise my, my voice at him or, or pop his little butt in anger, I come back and say, son, that's not okay. I, I, I crossed the line that time. I did it out of anger, not out of God's discipline and correction, and that's wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with popping his butt. I, I do it. Mine got popped every day just in case something went wrong. <laughs> just in case he missed something. He'd do, it, he'd do an extra one just in case he missed something. But it's not an anger. It's out of the Lord's correction. I want to ask all the men just to come forward. Um, you don't have to, but I'd, I'd love for you to come forward, and I want to have a time of prayer just together. So go ahead, and everybody stand with me. Uh, these, this band is going to come. They're all men, so let's not worry about music. I want you guys here for prayer, and then um, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll lead us in some worship here in just a moment. Guys, go ahead and come on. Don't be, don't be afraid. Let's come on up here. Don't have to be afraid. Don't have to be afraid. I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to slap anybody with the Bible. Come on, let's just come in. Let, let the guys come on. Yeah, great. You guys are awesome. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> I know many of you guys. I don't know all of you guys. Um, what I, I do know is that God's created you for a purpose, each and every one of you. And whether in this, in this season of your life or ever in your season of life, that's to be a father. I don't know. Maybe you're a father now. Maybe you'll never be a father. Um, but God's called you for a specific purpose and wants to use you. It's in his design. Not my design, not my mess. It's in his design to use men for his glory. And his unique purpose and giftings for you. Um, and, and so many times we just accept so much less of ourselves. But God's calling us to maturity and growth. And, and I just pray that you guys would just accept the challenges. They're not my challenges, though I kind of put words to them. I, I believe it's the word, it's God's challenges to you. And for you to step into the calling that he's asked you to call into. And so... Um, ladies, if you'll help me pray, uh, those that, uh, else, elsewhere in the building, help me pray. Guys, let's just bow our heads and let's just pray that God would uh, continually do a new work in us. God, I thank you. I thank you for these men. I thank you, God, that you have, you've called us to so much more. You've called us to so much more than what we settle for sometimes, God. And I just pray that this, this group of men that are right here, right now, God, would just, would just receive the challenge, God. To, to just step up to the call and to the purpose that you've placed on our life, God. 
that we would no longer just say it's okay for us to be unfaithful. It would, be, it would no longer be okay for us to be rebellious to your authority, God. It would be no longer okay for us to make up our own rules when you've placed it in, in us, God. Help us as a group of men standing right here to be faithful daily, to not just be hearers, to not hear a good message, feel a little bit better, kind of say in our head, yeah, God, that sounds cool, but to be doers of the word, like a soldier that's focused, like an athlete that's focused, like a, like a hardworking farmer that's just going to go and plow every day. God, I can't do it, and, and, and you're releasing us to step into it and, and follow your, your, your commands, God. I thank you for these men. I pray blessing on them. I, I pray wisdom beyond their wildest imagination, God. That is your wisdom. I, I, I pray that, uh, that, that young men would dream dreams, dream dreams and the old men would have visions, God. I pray that you would just stir up some things in our heart, God, to not settle any longer with just going through the motions, but God, knowing that you've called us to a work that's so much greater to build your kingdom in our families, in our homes, in our community. God, I thank you for this day, and I pray that this would be received in our hearts today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Just to transition, you guys slap each other a high five, and you don't have to hug it out or anything, right? <laughs> and we're going to come to the table. The band's going to come and begin to lead us. We come from, you guys can stay standing. We're going to come to the table. I'm going to be short and brief. Um, We, we all come from such unique backgrounds. We all come from different places. Some of us different places in the country. Some of us different places in the world. Some of us come from um, really difficult backgrounds. Others of us from a really great foundation we've got to start on. We've come from all different places. Different even religious backgrounds. But the opportunity we have to come to the table is really that when which like loneliness begins to disappear. One of the things Kim and I were talking about as we traveled all these countries around the world, it's beautiful to walk into any country and know that you got some family there. It's pretty awesome. Be able to break bread with people that you don't even know the language, but you know their family. That's pretty cool. And each week we get to do that. And Paul encourages, don't just do it out of habit. Don't do it out of routine. Um, but to come like hearts rendered to the Lord, realizing that it's a representation of what he's done for us. It's a tangible representation that he's present with us. Just as much as it'll touch our lips, he's present with us. And it's a promise that he's coming back for us. And that while we suffer, we endure hardship for a short time, he'll, he'll return. It's a full, full message of the gospel at this table. We don't do it in vain. We don't do it out of religion. We do it because Jesus asked us to. And every moment we just open our hearts, God, God transforms us. And so I want to invite you to come as you are today. God, thank you for this table. Thank you for the bread and, and thank you for the cup. I just pray that, that the representation of your body that was broken for us and your blood poured out for us would just have a moment, God, with us today where we just reach out and say, God, I want more of you in my life. Build me up into the strength and the grace that you've called me to. In Christ's name, amen. If you'd like special prayer, I'd love an opportunity. My wife would love an opportunity to pray with you right over here, but please, let's come and let's celebrate the Lord's Supper.